Good morning. My name is Susan. I am a compulsive overeater and a relapse survivor. OA saved my life, my higher power, the steps, and the fellowship saved my life. And I am grateful, grateful every day, every day. Before I tell you my story, I want to say that I speak only for myself, not for OA as a whole. The slogan, take what you like and leave the rest, applies to members sharing their experience, strength, and hope. It doesn't apply to the steps. If anything I say ticks you off, talk to your sponsor about it. The first time I was asked to speak, I was scared. My sponsor said, you can't screw up your own story. It's become easier as the years have gone by. I don't usually write out what I'm going to say, but I'm having memory issues. It's a reality that I'm not enjoying, but I'm adapting. I started using sugar for comfort when awakened by raised angry voices when I was around six or seven. I would sneak into the bathroom, go into the medicine cabinet, and drink cough medicine, which was basically sugar and alcohol. I would eat all the sugar off the top of the, the bottle. Then I'd take a swig and go back to bed without ever being noticed. I was abused at the dinner table. I was made fun of. You eat too slow, what's the matter with you? I belong to the clean your plate club and the there are starving children somewhere in the world that would dot, 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 y'all know the rest. It was a reminder that other children were worse off. Pile on the guilt. Food was taken off my plate while I was eating because no one could have dessert until everyone was done. And I was always the last one, always. They were just helping me. No wonder food became my friend. If they wanted it so badly that they would take it from my plate, it must be good stuff. I was a skinny kid named, nicknamed String Bean because I was tall and skinny. I could eat whatever I wanted and stay slim until I reached puberty. And then I started to gain weight. Looking back, it was perfectly normal. But I did not like the attention I was receiving for the changes in the way I looked. And I didn't like the fact that my dad stopped hugging me. When I was 15, I was raped at my first drinking party. So naive that I thought it meant we were dating and was laughed at. Throughout my 20s, I was incapable of having a real relationship because I was so selfish. I literally told my boyfriend when he said he wanted to break up, nope. It's not happening. We're fine. I'm fine. I'm not giving up. <laughs> then someone took me to an OA meeting. It was a huge meeting in a church in Toronto. It planted a seed. When I moved from Toronto to Eastern Ontario, I went to OA in Ottawa for a little over a year. Got a sponsor, worked the steps, lost weight, got married, had a baby. I had everything I ever wanted. Thanks, away. I'm good. See you later. 16 years later, I was back. So incredibly broken. I had everything I ever wanted. A great marriage, two great kids, a house, a good job. I was miserable. I couldn't stop eating. I topped 260 pounds, which is 18 and a half stone and 118 kilograms. I tried one last weight loss program. As soon as I reached my goal weight, I drove to Tim Hortons. Three months later, I gained more than half the weight back. So I went back to OA and I was home. I became abstinent right away. It was simple, no chocolate and no eating after dinner, one day at a time. I slowly added more foods that contained sugar I would pay attention to how I felt when I ate something. If I ate something and couldn't remember eating it, 
it went on the list. If I ate a portion and couldn't stop thinking about it until it was all gone, it went on the list. I had a conversation with my therapist where I said, I cannot imagine my life without chocolate. Even with my relapses, I still haven't eaten chocolate for 15 years. In fact, I don't even like the smell of it anymore. That is a miracle. I had great sponsors, did loads of service, maintained a 75 pound weight loss, life was good. I had 10 years of abstinence when my world fell apart. It was 2017. We had just gone through the two-year process of a trial for the sexual assault of my daughter when she was 12. So much guilt. I had been raped. I knew how to avoid it. I was going to be the mom who protected her children, who made sure that it didn't happen to them. Instead, I brought the person who attacked her into our home. He was a friend of our son's. He seemed like a good lad. I had no idea. This destroyed my family. My son felt guilty because it was his friend. His, his relationship with his sister's never been the same. My husband and I felt the guilt too. I had been deeply devoted to my Christian religion for decades. I went to church and I heard the pastor say, God allows things to happen that make us stronger. It wasn't the first time that I'd heard that, but it was the last. I could not worship a God that decided, and I decided that I couldn't be Christian anymore. I want to say that I'm aware that it was one pastor's take, but there were other issues that I questioned, not the least of which was the stance on same-sex relationships. My daughter and my niece are in same-sex relationships. That was another thing I couldn't reconcile. I realize that some of you are thinking that's an outside issue, but it's part of my story. And I'm not putting down anything. I'm only talking about what, not what was right for me. Now I had no higher power. This is a spiritual program. How was I gonna work the program without a higher power? I stopped going to meetings. I stopped sponsoring. I stopped doing service. In June, my sister-in-law died. After she died, I talked to my brother Richard every day. We had always been close, but in the previous two years, we hadn't talked much. My sister-in-law asked him not to tell anyone how sick she was. In order to keep that promise, he had to stop talking to me. He lived in the US for 35 years. He decided to come home. He was coming home. I was over the moon. We were gonna live together. He was coming home. We were gonna grow old together. He was coming home. In November, he died of a heart attack while sitting on the toilet. He was one of us. He was a sugar addict and it killed him. In January, 2018, my husband's childhood best friend died from our disease. In April, my dad died suddenly, but not unexpectedly. In May, one of our dear friends died suddenly. He was one of us too. Five deaths in 11 months, so much death. I went into a deep depression. I promised my family that if I felt suicidal, I would go to the hospital. As I sat there shoveling cake into my mouth, crying, why isn't this working? Why isn't the food taking away my pain? I wanted to die. I was the last of my original four. And suddenly I was the oldest of my siblings. I didn't know who I was without Richard. I didn't want to live in a world where he didn't exist. When I was walking through the airport, I wanted to yell at every man who weighed $300. 
Why are you walking around and my brother's dead? I wanted to die, but I promised everyone. If I went to the hospital, I would have no control over my food. I wouldn't be able to binge. I did not want to go. I suddenly realized if this is not the definition of a compulsive reader, I don't know what is. That is, that is the insanity of the disease in my life. My best friend who I met while doing service beyond the group level in a way had been supporting me through this awful time. She encouraged me to return to OA and I did on September 22nd, 2018, but I still had no higher power. I had to find a higher power that worked for me. I started talking to everyone who did not have a religious higher power. I was surprised at the number of people who didn't. I read Seeking the Spiritual Path. I researched spirituality. I looked up the definition. Here are two that I like. Spirituality is the recognition of a feeling, sense, or belief that there is something greater than ourselves. And spirituality is a personal sense of power greater than self, however we experience that power. I discovered that my higher power is inside me. It always has been. What I was really connecting with was my intuition, that voice in my mind that is good. I read Voices of Recovery, March 22nd. This is my higher power's plan for me, to be free of fear, to march after every single dream, to recognize where my passion is, to let my passion loose, to be strong of mind, body, and spirit, to grasp for all the good things that could be mine, to love unreservedly, to keep the real priorities in front of me, to experience joy without limits. When I am able to accept that this is my higher power's plan for me, I see the need to stay out of the picture. My plan wasn't nearly as good. This changed the way that I thought of my higher power. I realized that all the negative talk in my head was the disease, not my higher power. I started to tell it to shut up and a few other colorful words. This new relationship was incredible. Then I worked the steps with my sponsor. We used the OA 12-step workshop and study guide. I remember I said, remember that I said earlier, take what you want and leave the rest? It does not apply to the steps. If you're having trouble working the steps, try another way. There are as many ways to do it as there are OA members. I always had difficulty with consistently doing a 10th step. My sponsor suggested that I start with a gratitude list. In the evening, I would think about what I was grateful for. I had to review my day to do that. It slowly turned into a 10th step. I am always connected to my higher power. For the 11th step in the morning, I reaffirmed my relationship. I modified the step prayers that existed. Here is what I do. I take three deep, slow breaths. In with my higher power, out with the disease. During those breaths, my mind wanders and I just bring it back. And then I say, higher power, I love you. I trust you. I thank you. I feel loved by you. I choose to be in this relationship today. None of that was true when I first started saying it. Higher power, I entrust my will, thoughts, and actions to you. Please free me from selfishness and fear so that I may embrace your will for me and take action. Remove my difficulties and negative behaviors so that others can see that relying on their higher power works. Show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Please show me all through the day what my next step is to be. Give me whatever I need to take care of problems, especially freedom from self-will. Direct my thinking and action, 
especially that they be free from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. I had to look up self-seeking. Then, higher power, I am now willing to accept all of me, good and bad. My higher power accepts all of me all the time. I couldn't even become willing to change until I accepted all of me, good and bad. I ask that you remove from me all negative behaviors which stand in the way of my being the person you know me to be, the person I know I can be. Grant me strength as I endeavor to align my will with yours by living a life free of these behaviors so that I don't harm myself or others. Please transform them into something useful so that I may help others. Thank you for my abstinence and recovery. Thank you for helping with my abstinence today. I need help every day. I offer my service. I acknowledge the previous day's failings and ask to be shown how to do better. May I be healed and may I help others to heal. Grant me the willingness to write. Please help me to be more disciplined. Please help me to lovingly accept people for who they are, not resent them for who they may never be. My darling friends and family, I love you. I wish you healing, prosperity, joy, and serenity. I release you to your own higher power. I ask for healing, prosperity, joy, and serenity for those whom I hold a resentment against. I pause and see if any names come to mind. Please show me what I can do for the still suffering compulsive overeater. Then I say the long version of the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, taking the world as it is, not as I would have it. Grant me patience for the changes that take time, appreciation for all that I have, tolerance for those with different struggles, and the strength to get up and try again one day at a time. Then I read for today and Voices of Recovery. I do not do this perfectly every day. Good news, I don't have to be perfect ever again. My father was a workaholic perfectionist. He expected perfection from everyone. He was disappointed a lot. <laughs> some of you may find some of what I've said familiar. I unabashedly steal whatever good stuff I hear from others. However, I do not have a good enough memory to give credit to anyone. <laughs> At some point during this period, I had the spiritual awakening that is referred to in step 12. I am so grateful. I have finally been able to see how selfish I was when I was in the food. And I've been able to forgive myself for my behavior, accept it into my story, and let it go. Let it go. And yes, acceptance is the key to all my problems today. Acceptance is the key to my serenity. Over the years, my sponsor has often directed to me, directed me to what we lovingly call the acceptance passage. I hated it. Every time I hated it. There were certain words I just couldn't get my brain around. So I modified it. Not drastically, just enough for it to make sense to me. I omitted the parts that were stopping me from benefiting from the lesson. This past summer, while I was at my trailer, I was sad and angry. I was restless, irritable, and discontent about the state of our planet and the powerless I felt over being unable to change it. I woke up sad. I went to bed sad. Again, my sponsor directed me to the acceptance passage. She's a very patient person, and I am grateful for her every day. This time, I read my version. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact 
of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation. Until I could accept my compulsive overeating, I couldn't stay abstinent. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be content. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Perhaps the best thing for me to remember is that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations, the lower my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise as I discard my expectations, but then my rights try to move in and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking, how important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. I accepted that I can only do a small part to help. I made the decision to stop letting this situation destroy my serenity. I also adapted the for today, September 21st. I want to give up what no longer serves me, the escapes and vanity, fantasies, the fears and the need to control. Working this program helps me distinguish what I no longer need from what's important, to cut away old beliefs so that new truths may be revealed. And a light and useful spirit may grow strong. I was overwhelmed by the level of acceptance that I felt and what a difference it made for my life. During my connection time with my higher power, I asked for guidance with helping others. Last year, I was nudged by my higher power to facilitate an OA 12-step workshop. I did it using our intergroup Zoom from January to April. It was great. All but one person completed the whole 15 weeks and it was easy. And it felt so good to help other people. It also helped me get through the winter. I'm still working on living in today. I'm still worried. I still worry about the future. When I notice I'm doing it, I practice acceptance. I do not let it destroy my serenity. In December of 2021, I was at a face-to-face -face meeting. I shared that I have fibromyalgia. After the meeting, one of my OA friends shared that she found relief from her fibro by reducing gluten. I decided it was worth a try to be in less pain. I had been fighting giving up bread for years, but I was now willing to try. I also decided to eat smaller portions. I'd been maintaining a 75 pound weight loss for years, but I wasn't at a healthy body weight. I accepted that in order to weigh less, I had to eat less. And guess what? I didn't die. I didn't starve. And I lost another 30 pounds, which I re realized recently meant that I'm a hundred pounder. Cool. And because I eat less, I eat what I like, the way I like it. I stopped eating foods I don't really like. And I've been able to reconnect with my body's cravings. I actually crave healthy food now. I know, crazy. I'm close to healthy body weight now. Some people are concerned I might go the other way. My healthy body weight is between me and my higher power. And so far, we're comfortable. I was a delegate at the World Service Business Conference when the healthy body weight part was added to the abstinence definition. Initially, I was not in favor of it, but it planted a seed. And now I am willingly working towards it. I haven't mentioned much about my family of origin. Honestly, I'm tired of the whole story. My mother was treated badly by her mother and she treated me badly, blah, blah, blah. I was harmed as a child and I suffered. None of it was my fault. I don't need to ask why anymore. The answer is always that someone hurt someone who hurt someone who hurt someone. It's all very sad. I'm not belittling it in any way. 
I've spent enough time suffering and analyzing. All that matters is that my higher power was there for me when no one else was. Even though I disconnected from my higher power, my higher power didn't go anywhere. And I survived all of it, all of the pain, all of the hate I had for myself and others, all of the anger, the injustice of it all. It just doesn't matter anymore. It's all in the past. I've cleared the wreckage. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life, working my program to the best of my ability every day, one day at a time. Working with others, please, please, please be a sponsor. Here's what the big book says. I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learned to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. One, a sense of duty. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in doing so, I'm paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. Four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will want, not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. If everyone was a sponsor, everyone would have a sponsor. Listen to that again. If everyone was a sponsor, everyone would have a sponsor. This is the program as simplified as I can explain it. Find your own higher power. Get a sponsor. Work the steps. Be a sponsor. Give service. I tell my sponsees, get contact information for five members. I'm not always available, but someone is. Make an OA friend. They can understand you like no one else. If it wasn't for my best friend, I might not be here. Don't leave. Even if you're not abstinent, don't leave. If you leave, come back. We'll be there for you. If you're not putting all your effort into OA because you don't want to take time away from your family, know that they will benefit and ask for their support because you are worth it. Keep trying new things. This program is simple. It is not easy. That's why it's a we program. We need each other. We do not have to do life alone anymore. The word we is used 500 times in the big book and in the OA 12 and 12. If we could do life on our own, we wouldn't be here. The great news is we don't have to. Let us love you until you can love yourself. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. I love you all. Thank you, Susan. Why don't we take a minute and show your pictures? So, and you can tell us a little bit about these three pictures. Um, give me just a minute. Okay, so that's the tall, skinny, lanky kid that I was with my very cool purple banana seat bike. <laughs> and that's at me at the highest. 260, it could have been higher. I wouldn't get on the scale after that, so. And that's me now. Very happy, smiling. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right, everybody, we have uh, time now for uh, questions and answers. Uh, we ask that you use the Q&A function in the chat. And while you're putting your questions in, Susan, We've had a couple of requests. Whoops, stop. Please use the Q&A questions function for your questions and use the chat for nice supportive comments. 
Uh, Susan, we have had a request if you're willing to share your contact information, if you would put it in chat. Yes. Thank you. And uh, I will read questions to the speakers. Um, let's, let's switch Slofi and Michael. Yeah. Thank you. Are you ready to go, my friend? Slofi, mute. Slofi, mute. Very good. Michael, unmute. Let's have Kimberly. Oh, well, let's have someone in the audience check and make sure Michael start talking so people can hear you. Someone in the audience says, okay, good to go. Thank you. I heard Michael fine. He is ready. So are we good to go, Sandy? Yes, sorry, love. We are good to go. That, that's good. Just wanted to be sure. All right, because I tend to jump to the next thing. So type your questions into the Q&A function. I will read the questions and then uh, we'll give uh, Susan time to speak. We have a, a number of questions here. Can you uh, please describe what your higher power looks like now? Susan. Okay. Well, my higher power is inside of me. And I, I visualize a, a glowing ball of white light because to me that's power. And it's, it, it's just inside of me always. And I feel connected always to that power. That power talks to me. I, I hear good things. Susan, you're a good person. Good job, Susan. And any of the negative stuff, away so i'm going to skip a little bit a question we got from one of our french uh, speaking members who says how do you become a good sponsor Ooh. well you have a good sponsor because a lot of what i say to my sponsors is stuff that my sponsor says to me um and you you work the program you before you have your call you ask your higher power to work through you um sometimes it's a very frustrating thing because not everybody does things the way i think they should do it but that's not my job all i can do is suggest suggest and if you do good if you don't i have to let go of the results it's not up to me. It's between my sponsee and their higher power. So. Thank you. This person says, uh, you shared how you went through very large challenges a few years ago, and you shared the work you did and program that helped you. Can you simply share what you think what you think helped you get through these gigantic challenges? Did you have hope? Did you somehow gain hope, et cetera? It was a very dark, dark time. Um, but my higher power was always with me. That little voice inside of me saying, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You can get through this. And you know what you have to do? You have to go back to OA because nothing else worked. And I just, I went back with a whole new willingness, a whole new eyes wide open. And, you know, it just all kind of fell into place for me. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. Sometimes I think, oh my God, it's magic. But <laughs> it's not. It's my higher power. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can you uh, give the reference for the For Today page that you mentioned? One second. I just have to find it. Uh, it, was, it was September 21st. I, I'm not sure what page number that's on. Okay. That's I think it was the 22nd. Hold on. It was near the beginning. The date is fine. Yeah. I, I, I thought I said the date. Um, anyway, it's either the 21st or the 22nd of September. 
I can't remember. Thank you. All right. Uh, next question is, did you succeed in giving up bread? And I'm where you were, 50 more pounds to lose, hard to give up all bread. God bless you. So did you succeed <laughs> and how? I did not add bread to my no food list. I added it to my sort of yellow list. I'm going to try and avoid it as much as I can. Um, that being said, I do eat bread. I eat gluten-free bread which seems to help with the cravings. I can't eat plain white bread. Although I got to say, while I was in England for three weeks, boy, those people love their bread. And I ate a lot more than usual and I actually lost weight. So, you know, um, it's been really hard, but I know that the combination of sugar and flour triggers me. It makes me want to eat all of it. So I have to stay away from it. I, I don't do it perfectly and it's not breaking my abstinence because it's not part of my abstinence. It's something I am working on that I'm trying. Thank you. Another qu a question uh, uh, on, on food and eating. You mentioned no food after dinner. That is this person's biggest compulsive eating problem. How did you give that up? And what tools and practices helped? Well, I went to bed early a lot, to be honest, in the beginning. I really did. And I would drink a glass of milk before I went to bed if I was really hungry. And that seemed to do it. Um, I still find that hard sometimes. And I, and I, I am okay to eat after dinner now but I still find it a little hard, um, especially because my husband eats all evening. Um, but um, yeah, I, when I first made that abstinence definition, it was so simple. All I had to do was no chocolate and no eating after dinner. And so since that's all I had to focus on, since I could eat whatever I wanted during the day, it was easy because it was simple. It didn't stay that way, but I stopped eating in the evening and I do it occasionally now, but not very often. So there's a follow-up question to me in the chat is, uh, can you tell us how you define your abstinence now? Yeah. Um, so my, my abstinence is what I don't eat. My food plan is what I do eat. So my abstinence definition is no sugar, no pie, none of all the, all the sweets, all the desserts, you know, none of it, no ice cream, you know, whatever. And um, that's, that's basically it. I, I, you know, the food behaviors, like I said, I try not to eat after dinner. It depends on the situation. Um, but uh, that, that's really it. I know what I can't eat and what I can. And I don't cross that line. Um, ever. It's just, this feels so good abstinence feels so good it didn't at first I hated it at first because I had no coping skills but this this feels so good I don't want to give it up a piece of pie is not worth it nothing's worth it this feels so good so there's another food related question and then I'll get back to the uh program the working the program in spiritual questions uh so don't despair folks who have questions reading <laughs> I see them and this one just follows so logically. What does your food plan look like? Um, I basically eat the same stuff a lot. Um, you know, I eat yogurt and granola and berries for breakfast most mornings. Some mornings I have a peanut butter and banana 
sandwich on gluten-free bread. Um, lunch, it kind of depends what's around. I'll, you know, eat some deli meat with some lettuce, like in a lettuce wrap. I try to avoid bread, you know. Um, and then dinner, whatever my husband and I figure out to cook is what we eat. You know, uh, it just, it is. And I eat small portions. I get full fast. One of the things I discovered is that when I'm eating, I sigh when I'm full. I go, it's like my body's trying to make more room or something. And that's how I know I'm full. So sometimes I take a few bites after that, depending on what I'm eating. But most of the time I stop. I actually leave food on my plate. How bizarre is that? <laughs> Thank you. All right. So how do you help sponsees find a higher power if they're having difficulty do this? All I can do is share what I did and tell them to do the same thing. Talk to people, you know, um, read, research. Pray, like, ask your higher power, help me with this. Um, yeah, and, and people struggle, and, and they struggle for years and years, and it's okay. It's okay to struggle. Just don't leave. You know, it's okay to struggle. Just keep trying. Thank you. Um... Some really nice comments in the Q&A. Be sure to put them in the chat so that Susan can see them later. Um, this person says, after several years, I am still struggling with connecting with my higher power. Would you be willing to share the prayer that you recited earlier? Yeah, I will put it in the chat, I guess. Okay. Or, you know what? It's really long, so... Um, Maybe uh, I put my email address there. If anybody would like anything that I said, send me an email and I'll send you the whole talk. <laughs> Perfect. And of course, uh, our uh, session today what is being recorded and was recorded. So please uh, wait just a little bit and we will get it up on our website and you can listen to Susan say it over and over again. <laughs> So, uh, all right. This person uh, says your uh, story reinforces a suggestion that says don't leave before the miracle happens. Is there one thing more important than another that kept you connected to the rooms? Was it the amount of service you've always done, your friend, meetings? What was there one thing that kept you helped you more than others? Yeah, it was my friend. Um, she loves me, she accepts me, she helps me. When my brother died, I called her screaming, and she was there, she was always there. We're there for each other, and uh. Honestly, think that without her, I wouldn't be here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of our French members says, ask that for people who, who, who don't believe in anything, that don't believe in a higher power or spiritual power, how do you explain to them and talk to them about believing in a higher power? Okay. For me, I believe that we were all born with an innate sense of self. And we have a survival instinct. And I believe that what people call intuition is our higher power. You know, people say, listen to your gut. Um, 
it, it's always been there. It's there. Whether you like it or not, it's there. Connecting with it is the hard part. And the most important thing for me was believing that my higher power loved me, was my higher power. Nobody else's, just mine. And that my higher power wants what's best for me. And I don't always listen to my higher power. Sometimes I fight with my higher power. I don't want to do that right now. And I don't. And then I suffer the consequences of whatever those are, you know. But when I do listen, life is so much better. Um, so that still small voice inside of us. When I was a kid, I was told that voice was wrong so often that I stopped trusting it. And that's what happens when we're kids. We think something. We, we sense that somebody's unhappy, but then we ask them, is everything okay? And they say, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And you know they're lying. And so I just stopped trusting it. I disconnected from it. I didn't believe in it anymore. And I, that was like that for very many years. And now I trust it. Now I listen to it. All that negative talk, just shut it down. Tell it where to go. I'm not listening to you. I'm only going to listen to my higher power. That's what I did. That's how it worked for me. Thank you. This person says, how do you use the tools and how often do you use the tools? Uh, when I was first starting in a way, I heard somebody say that they use the tools, all of them, every day. And I'm like, that is not happening. I have two small kids. I can't do that but it was okay that I couldn't do it in that, at that time, in that situation. Um, I use almost all the tools. I am not good at writing. Anybody who knows me knows I don't like to write, but I do do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I sponsor, I do service. Um, to me, the tools are the handrails to the steps. It's what we use to get up the steps, you know, to work through the steps. So the writing and the prayer and meditation and, you know, talking to people like right now, I'm drawing a blank on all the steps, but are all the tools, but um, it's all there to help us work the program and try what works, try something. If it doesn't work, don't use it. Nobody says you have to. They're there for you to use. It's a toolbox. You can take a tool out and use it or not. Whatever works for you. But if things aren't working, maybe you need to try picking up a tool you haven't really been using. So a different person asks, uh, with great timing, do you, you make outreach calls? Because telephone is a tool, which is why I thought the timing was very good. Do you make outreach calls? And how did you get yourself to begin doing that as she is struggling with it? The thing that I remember when I make an outreach call is that I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me because I am reaching out and asking somebody, how are you doing? And we talk. And it's always great. Um, honestly, don't do it a lot. But one of the things I do do is I send text messages and little memes to people saying, nobody's told you today, you're awesome. Or you're great, keep it up. Just encouraging little things to people um, because I know that I love it when I get them. And I know so many people in this program and I love everyone. Even the people that I don't really get along with, I still love them. You know, and uh, just do it. Just try it. You know, 90% of the time they're not going to answer anyways. So you can just leave a message. But if you actually do get a person, hi, how are you? How's it going? And then that person will talk if they can. And don't be worried if they say, oh, now's not a good time, right? 
and leave a message. If they don't answer, leave a message, an encouraging message. Thinking of you, hope you're doing good. Call me if you need to chat, blah, blah, blah. You know, something nice. So thank you, Susan. The next question is, how do you use your higher power to make decisions? How do you know if it's your will or if it's your HP speaking to you or if it's fear speaking to you? Hmm. Well, if it's fear, it's usually negative. Um, and it's usually projecting and living in the future. Um, and so when I recognize fear, then I know I have to look at, you know, is this something I should be thinking about giving time to? Um, honestly, I'm not super fearful all the time. The only thing I'm really fearful about is my family and how they're doing. And, you know, that I, I get concerned about them. They were raised by a, a, an, addict, an addict, you know, they, my kids, I worry about them a lot. Hence why I have to turn them over to their higher power every day. Um, but if it feels good, if it's positive, if it's not selfish, <laughs> that's how I know that it's a good decision. Thank you. So I don't see any questions in the Q&A. I would like to ask the people doing service if they want, if they have a question, they could put it in chat. So we'll give you just a moment to see if we have any more questions. Okay, it looks like uh, we have got all our questions today, Susan. Um, please save a copy of the chat. You definitely want to read through it. Um, lots of love. Lots of love in that chat. So thank, thank you. you very much. And I'm going to turn it back over to the convention co-chairs. Chuck and Debbie, take it away. Uh, let's swap out. See if Michael wants a break and Slopey wants to come back on. Yeah, okay. Very good. I think we're ready to roll. Almost there. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Susan, for sharing your story. Uh, it has uh, really been a wonderful weekend of recovery even if we're at home. And uh, before I pass it over to Debbie, I would like to announce that there are 460 people registered here today. Um, everybody will get a copy of the recordings. The recordings will be available for newcomers when, uh, when they join and they see our link on the Region 6 website, and it'll be amazing. Debbie, over to you. Thank you, Michael. 